Happy New Year and welcome to the first episode of Women in Product Marketing in 2021. I hope your year is off to a phenomenal start. I'm really excited to share this episode with you. We feature Gila Siegel, VP of Product Marketing at Clary. Gila has had an amazing career so far and leads by example every day, showing her daughters that there's no limit to what women can accomplish. We dive deep into sales enablement, and Gila shares how to switch the narrative of product marketers as order takers to value drivers, and to command the respect necessary to do our jobs effectively with sales teams that we work with day in and day out. This podcast is now available on Google Play, Apple, as well as Spotify, and of course, online at sharebird.com. Please subscribe, share with someone you think will love it, and give us a rating or a review while you're at it. Women in Product Marketing is proudly supported by Clue. That's Clue with a K, the competitive enablement platform for all product marketers. And this podcast is produced by ShareBird, the peer mentoring platform for product marketers. It is the place to discover on-demand resources to help you with product marketing. If you have any feedback on our episodes, things you liked or things you want to hear more of, please feel free to send me a note on LinkedIn or email us at podcasts at sharebird.com. Now a word from our partners at Clue. Meet Jen. She's selling her division's product to a savvy new prospect. And unfortunately for Jen, she's about to get blindsided. So that sounds great, uh, but your competitor just launched something very similar. Uh, How do you compare? Jen needs to move fast. With a few taps, she leverages up-to-date intel her product marketing team has curated with Clue. Later in the show, we'll hear more on how Clue helps reps like Jen win deals every day. Learn more at clue.com slash Mary. All right, let's do this. Hello and welcome to Women in Product Marketing. I'm your host, Mary Sheehan from Adobe, and I'm thrilled today to be speaking with Gila Siegel, the VP of Product Marketing at Clary, which is a foundational tool for B2B companies to run their revenue processes. Prior to Clary, Gila has been a VP or director of product marketing at several Bay Area startups, and she has had a wealth of knowledge that she's going to share with us today. One of her PMM superpowers in particular is sales enablement, so I really can't wait to dig into that more. Gila, welcome. Thanks for joining. Hey, hey. Thanks for having me, Mary. Such a pleasure. And I wanted to start off today asking you, what is something that you have learned lately? Oh, wow. That's a great way to start. So I'm generally just been very curious about how to run better meetings, better team meetings. I have a team, we meet every week, especially now we're all remote. So easy just to tune out, multitask over meetings. So I'm really trying to learn from other leaders in this area. And recently I made this change to the agenda which is every meeting starts with five minutes of good news, good news stories from everyone. It could be personal, could be professional, but the more fun, the better, right? So we all sort of start the meeting on a good note, focusing everyone on the positive. And that's something that I've picked up recently and I'm trying this. And so far, I think it works well. So would highly recommend for other folks to try it and excited to see how I continue to evolve this. Wow. I love that. I am definitely going to use that. I think we all need to run better meetings and have some good news every day. So that is awesome. I've heard of other leaders saying, starting with some small talk, but I think this purpose-driven 
Good news. That is so great. Thank you for sharing that. We all need it, right? So yes, I really love that. So we know that you're the VP of product marketing at Clary, but let's hear a little bit more about Clary and your team and what your role really entails. Yeah. So at Clary, we help B2B companies, like you said, run their revenue process with confidence. It means helping everyone who's on the revenue team, honestly, from the CEO and the CFO through the chief revenue officer, marketing, customer success, down to the individual rep, see where there's risk, where there's opportunity in the pipeline, what deals are real, where where do we have shortage of pipeline? What regions are running low? Where they're going to be sort of where are we going to land for the quarter? So everyone on this team can really take the necessary actions to meet the, the revenue goals for the company. So when you think about revenue or delivering revenue results every 90 days, it's a team sport, right? And it's a pretty stressful one if you think about it. So we help all of these teams work together, give them what we call total visibility into the state of the business. More efficient cadences are all their one-on-ones and forecast calls and pipeline reviews. We've all said on all of them, right? And we've seen what's not so good looks like. So that's really what we're focusing on, sort of giving everyone control across this revenue operation process. I run product and customer marketing here at Clary. So I'm fortunate to work with a group of really super talented individuals that create the compelling and differentiated messaging and positioning Uh, for the company. We launch new products. We enable our sales team, drive sort of competitive readiness. That's also part of what we're focused on. We're also responsible for customer evidence, customer community, and all the references activations. So we're in a great position from that perspective because we have sort of a clear line, direct line into our customers, but not only sort of to document it, but to really bring that voice to the customer into everything that we do in product marketing. So Love sort of that combination. I didn't always have that in my previous roles, but at Clary, I have that and it's it's been very, very effective. It seems like a really natural pairing, the customer side and the product marketing side. I really think that's smart to bring that together. It is. And by doing that, honestly, we really help the customer marketer sort of sitting with us on all the calls and really internalizing the product and the use cases and the personas and the messaging. So when the customer marketer sort of sits down with customers and trying to really tell the story. They're very well-versed with all the, the messaging, so it sort of helps. And then, yes, whenever we're doing any sort of product marketing activation, we, we have this access to a lot of customer information, which has been really cool. And I love that term customer evidence that you use. I haven't heard that before, actually. Could you talk a little bit about that compared to customer testimonial or a case study or stat? What, why do you call it customer evidence? Yeah, I think it's it's actually sort of an umbrella term to all those things that you've mentioned, but I'm actually in a sales cycle right now looking at a tool to bring into Clary and this concept of evidence from my peers, from the people that are using this, that have bought this, that are might have similar use case to what I'm trying to solve. That's the type of evidence that I'm looking for. So it's not necessarily just a testimonial. It's not necessarily just sort of a case study, but it's the combination. It's the references. It's all of this sort of bundled together. So yeah, we call it internally evidence because I think it's the evidence of value that you're able to leverage as part of the storytelling of customer stories. Awesome. Thank you. And so when we were talking earlier, you revealed that one of your superpowers for product marketing 
is really around sales enablement. And it probably is no surprise working at the company that you do that you work really closely with sellers and have such a good connection with that. Can you talk a little bit about some of the strategies you have for PMMs to get closer to the sellers and how and why that's so important? Yeah, I mean, I don't know about superpowers, but definitely I can't really stress enough how important that is, sort of getting close to your sellers and building a very, very strong relationship. Without it, honestly, I don't think you can do a good job as a PMM, as a product marketer. So here's some of the things that I typically do to build that relationship. The first thing is show up and listen first. Sit on calls, listen to call recordings, have regular one-on-ones with reps, with managers, come to their team meetings, attend their QBRs, right? Like this is QBR week for us. Most of my week has been spent just sitting on their QBRs and just hearing them, understanding their selling motions, what's working for them, what's not asking them what's working, really trying to listen first and be able to take action based on that. The second piece is really about delivering value, which to me is a guiding principle because based on that feedback you get from sitting on these calls and building those relationships, you create new tools, you build enablement sessions, you just make sure that you're not disconnected. You're constantly connected into your sellers. So what you're delivering to them, content, education, new market trends and competitive, all of this comes from just like a solid foundation of information that you have from your sellers. And just have this mentality that your purpose is to help make selling easier. So that sort of puts the perspective on everything that we do here as PMMs. The The third thing that I'll say is bring a point of view, right? So not just take orders, right, from reps to say, hey, I need this or I need that, but have an informed perspective about what is needed to win in the market because you understand the market, because you, you know, you do the analysis, you understand the competitive landscape. A great example, Mary, that I like to share is the competitive matrix. I think it's something that we've all had to deal with right? How many times have we been asked to produce this customer-facing comparison tables? You know, as product marketers, we know as an organization, right, we also want to sell on value, right? We, we want to avoid this sort of feature-by-feature feature evaluation. So what I would recommend is just dive a little deeper with your sellers, sort of understand the exact situations, like what are they trying to solve for? And then come up with your own solution And in this case, maybe there's other impactful ways that you can help address competitive threats in the deals that are not feature by feature comparisons, right? So that's what I mean by have a point of view. I mean, don't say no, right? If someone comes to you, but have, first of all, that, you know, ask the questions, understand why, what's going on, and then have a point of view that you can explain. I like that a lot. And I think, well, first of all, the competitive matrix is definitely the bane (laughs) of PMM's existence, the Harvey balls and the updating every week. And it's always out of date. Yes. So I I feel your pain. And that is definitely, uh, that was such a good example. Yeah. And I like the point of view. I think that's a little bit softer. I think that sometimes when I'm on a resource constrained team, I tend to have this motto of, say no before saying yes. But I do think that that's a better way to approach it where you're asking questions and actually bringing your input into it. And I do find in my career too, that when I have pushed back 
and given a different point of view and a different perspective and kind of still given them what they wanted, but maybe not the direct 12 one sheets they asked for, but still solve their objective and their pain point in a different way that was more effective. I feel like that goes such a longer way. And I think that's a harder thing for more junior PMMs and people just starting their careers to grasp is that you don't have to just do what someone asks you. It's not, I say, jump, you say, how high it's, how do we work together? We're on the same team. How do we you know, work towards the same goals? And often it takes a little bit of digging. So that is such a great point to bring up. Yeah. I think it's really important, as you said, to the young PMMs out there that, you know, sometimes it can be pretty intimidating, right? You'll be getting, you know, requests for maybe some senior folks in the sales team. I do think that you sort of earn your rights to have a point of view if you've done the other things that I've talked about, right? Like if you show up, if you really are there, if you're making that effort to be part of the team, right? And then it's less like, hey, do this for us, but it's more like, what do you think about that? And they're asking for your point of view too. So that's sort of been how I do this. The other thing that I like to do, Mary, is connect one-on-one with your reps, you know, just work with them one-on-one because that will tell you a ton, support them on deals. And that will give you a lot of insight into how to develop that point of view. Thank you. That's great. And I think that's, you know, as we were talking about prior to the recording, not just having a technology component to this, but really having that human element where you're able to get to know them, get to know their customers, really listen and really understand key challenges. So thank you. That's so helpful to think about. Now, switching gears a little bit, I wanted to talk about being a woman in a predominantly male field and and some of the ways that you have handled that throughout your career with grace. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, No, And I, I appreciate you bringing up this topic. As I've mentioned to you, I've been very fortunate throughout my career to never feel disadvantaged. When I look back, I actually realized that most of my managers throughout my career have been uh, men in marketing. There's a few things that have helped me along the way, and I absolutely see this as a journey. I think we have to continuously remind ourselves that there is actually no limit to what we can achieve as females in the workplace in general, in B2B, and marketing. So I was and still am very intentionally looking for opportunities. I raise my hand to be on projects and I'm pursuing those opportunities, even if it makes me feel uncomfortable. And my initial impulse uh, was that I'm not ready. And I think that sort of thing comes along for a lot of us, right? Which is, do I check all the boxes on the job description? Do I have everything that they've asked for? And sometimes we sort of hold ourselves back. So I've intentionally pushed myself outside of the comfort zone. I'm also very lucky to work at an organization today that this is part of the culture. Like everyone is being stretched and that's what you can expect when you're coming to Clary. I also surround myself and I think it's a really, really important thing. I surround myself with supporters People that believe in me, believe in my capabilities, people that can lift me up, can give me strength, can be men, can be women. So, so important to have that group of people that you can rely on throughout your career because we have, we all have moments that we doubt ourselves or we need a little push. And by the way, we need to give back too. So I have people that I mentor myself and sort of happy to do that. I think this is a really important thing. 
I think the other thing that I talked to you before, Mary, is that I remind myself every day that what I'm doing is setting the right example for my daughters. So I have two girls showing them that there's really no limit to what we can do. In large part, I'm doing everything that I'm doing for them as parents. We, we do that a lot. And the same way that my mother showed me sort of how to pursue a career and be an independent female professional and that that's achievable and that we can all do it. So that's another thing that sort of gives me a lot of purpose when doing this. And then I'd say that one other thing that I'll sort of throw out there is that I'm a lifelong learner and I focus daily on developing new skills. So knowing that we're never perfect and there's never a point where we stop learning. Knowledge is power in every environment. So just continue to learn, continue to develop in marketing specifically and in BMM, you and I were talking about it. There's so much learning that happens on the job. Honestly, every single role that I've done in product marketing has not been the same. Every company, every business, every industry allows you to learn and expand. So it's a great way to continue to develop yourself and prepare yourself for your next role. That's all such great advice, no matter who you are. I know, but sometimes I think as female professionals, we, we tend to forget some of these things. Now we'll pause for a quick word from our partners at Clue. Not a day goes by in sales that someone doesn't ask how your product compares. Earlier, a friend Jen dug herself out of a tight spot with Clue, the product marketer's platform for handling all things competitive. Clue helps product marketing teams collect intel from coworkers, Slack, emails, and the web, putting it all into one place that's always up to date and giving Jen the superpowers she needs when she needs them. Listen in at the end of this episode to hear how Clue empowers every team across the org with insights, something we call competitive enablement. Learn more at clue.com slash Mary. Welcome back. We are speaking with Gila Siegel on the Women in Product Marketing podcast. We've talked a little bit about you being a mom and having such a great example for your daughters. Can you talk a little bit about mom guilt when that creeps in? I'm a mom too. I feel that you had some great advice to give about that. I'd love to hear more. Yeah, I love to talk about this. So this could be a whole episode, honestly, but I had one manager early, early on in my career before I had kids, or actually maybe it was right when I had my first daughter. And she told me that you just have to live with the guilt. The guilt is always going to be there because you're torn between your professional aspirations and desires and between just wanting to to do the best you can for your kids and be the best parent for them. So the guilt is going to be there and just don't let it hold you back and focus really on the example that you're setting for them, whether it's girls or boys, but as a parent, we often have those conflicts, right? I mean, there's been times where I can't pick up or I can't uh, show up for a school event in the middle of the day, or I can't be a parent chaperone for a field trip that they're doing. So those are the moments where I'll be very sad to see my daughter's face that, you know, she really wanted me to be there. But at the same time, I keep my kids very much involved in my job. So my daughter, when we were actually still going to the office, she was a celebrity at the office. Everyone knew her. She'll come with me whenever there's no school or during the summer and she'll do little jobs for us. Even now she's doing some uh, slides for us sometimes. You know, so I get her involved. She sits on calls. She knows our CEO. He knows her. So I get her involved. And that's another thing that really works 
or help me is to kind of make sure that they're involved and they know what I'm doing and they understand that there's a purpose for that. I am smiling so big right now. I think that that is such a wonderful thing to get them involved and show them what a wonderful leader you are. That's so cool. Not just take your child to work day. It's it's whenever oh, yeah. they can in and they're actually helping. <laughs> yes, it's funny. I actually did write a post about it because she got her internship in, in Clary this summer. And, you know, so we do, I think we talked about customer evidence and we do a lot of different formats, but one of the formats that we're big on are quotes. So we get a lot of customer quotes and we turn them into different slide formats, whether it's, you know, multiple quotes on a slide or, so she was recruited and, you know, she got a spreadsheet and she had some instructions that our customer marketing manager sort of prepared for her. And she was doing quotes for us and she, she really loved it. She had to go to Google and find the company logo and make sure that she gets it in the right size. And, you know, that's also some skills that will be good for later in her life. Right. So. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, that's so great. And we're recording this about a week after the election. So we're recording this in a particularly historic moment where we have the first female VP elect actually in the U.S. ever. What a historic moment and an example. And I, I love just as an aside, you were really bringing your daughters into this election process and really making sure that they knew how important that was. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, my daughter was also following last elections. And we talked a lot about the potential historical moment that could have happened last time. So she was very excited about this. And when this election came around, like she was very, very invested in the primaries and then during the election period and was watching it and was asking a lot of questions and talking about it. And it's amazing. Super impressed to see how invested she was in this. And luckily we got really exciting news, right, for, for her as a girl, that again, it's possible and things are changing and there's a brighter future, I think, ahead of us and hopefully a, many, many more presidents or vice presidents in the future to tell all of us that everything is possible, no matter what. That's so cool. What a amazing journey to go through with your daughters too. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, now I want to do a few rapid fire questions back to product marketing. So who have been your strongest product marketing mentors or mentors in general? Yeah. And so I don't know that I necessarily had PMM mentors, but I have been very, very lucky to have several managers that became good friends and mentors over the years. Those are people that I've worked with and now have become consultants that I I go to quite a lot for professional development when I'm considering career moves, when I'm looking for subject matter expertise on, on different topics. You know, I continue, as I said, to look out for or seek out, I would say, opportunities and things that I haven't done before. So it's great to have a group of people that you can ask, how should I be thinking about it? Is that like, this is how I'm thinking about it. Does it make sense? So that's been very, very helpful. And in addition to those managers that you've had, how have you found mentors outside of that, even peer mentors? Yeah. So I think what's been interesting is that beyond the people that I know from work and from prior job opportunities, I have been able to reach out recently to other PMM leaders and connect with them for knowledge sharing. So I I don't know necessarily those are mentors, but what I have been finding is that there's a lot more openness today 
for people to really connect and answer questions. Even if I don't know you and I haven't worked with you and we're not necessarily in the same group, I think LinkedIn has done an amazing job at sort of opening up this platform to allow people to connect. And if I notice someone who's been posting great content and I really like what they're saying, I myself have reached out to a few people and opened up a, a, a conversation and a dialogue through that. And I just found that people are open. I'm certainly open and I've had, you know, a lot of people reach out to me and we're all very, very limited with time. But I think giving that back to is really sort of really important thing too for everyone. So sort of seek out and ask, but also share your own knowledge. So I think there's something interesting happening that it doesn't have to be this very sort of mentorship model. But you can, now there's more, we're all remote, we're all feeling isolated. So I think there's more openness to just like connect with quote unquote strangers. Yeah. And I think one silver lining to COVID and work from home culture is it's flattened the barriers we had before of having to be in the same location or meeting up after work for drinks with everyone's schedule. And when you're a parent or not a parent, you're differing lives <laughs> coming together. So I found it's kind of been easier in some ways to actually meet with people that I wouldn't normally get to the chance to talk to. So that's such a great reminder. And yeah, LinkedIn is such a powerful tool for that. Yeah. So what is one thing that has been the most important in growing your career? I think it goes back to what we talked about before, which is pushing outside of my comfort zone, taking on projects, staying very, very curious not being afraid to ask questions, constantly looking around, learning, developing yourself. So much of change since my first PMM job in how we go to market and what kind of tools and technologies we use, what the type of people that we interact with, different go-to-market motions and strategies. So for me, it's been keep learning and just keep yourself advancing to the next level. I think when you get too comfortable and when the job becomes something that is super sort of repetitive and easy and you feel like, at least for me, it, it becomes less challenging. And so I constantly kind of keep myself challenged. I love that. Yeah. The constant learning aspect. It's, it's so fun and so important. And why product marketing? I think it's the probably the greatest job of all in marketing. For me, I think it's mostly about people. It's about the people because as a PMM, we're in this intersection between product, between sales, between customers, between customer success, between executives. You get to work and interact with so many different individuals and stakeholders internally and externally to the company every single day. And it's about sort of taking something that, you know, I'm actually an engineer. <laughs> I'm an engineer and I never really wanted to do the, the coding or the actual sort of nitty gritty of the technology, but there's something beautiful in the work that we do here, especially in technology, right? That we take features and functions, sort of technology, and we turn this into business value that is really so impactful for a lot of people, for their jobs, for their companies as, as a whole, that I love that for, for all these reasons. That's so great. We could have talked about that for 30 minutes as well. You bet your background as an engineer. That's super interesting. I know. Yeah. I, I like it just because it allows me to sort of understand the technology and be dangerous enough. And But by the way, I really don't think that PMMs have to have necessarily any sort of deep technical background. I think they need to 
understand markets and people and dynamics and sort of why people buy and other things, right? That are not necessarily just the technology. That's why I feel like a PMM can go between one industry to the other very easily, as long as you have the core skills. I'm sure it gives you some street cred though. That's really cool to have that background and be able to actually, I'll call that one out or it's going to take this long. <laughs> yeah, I don't, uh, I don't lead with this for sure, but it's funny. I, I get this a lot where people are like, oh, okay. Engineering background. It's not necessarily typical for PMMs, but yeah. Can you talk a little bit about how did you get to where you are at this VP level at this amazing company? Seems like you have it all. <laughs> How did you get there? <laughs> yeah, no, by no means I don't have it all for sure. I think that it's hard work, determination, and just a little bit of luck along the way, really. The luck piece of it is really about people and the people that I've met throughout my, my career and the people that I've been able to work with, learn from them together with them. I can't tell you that's all been planned out. And I had sort of like this grand plan and I knew that, you know, I'm going to go from one place to another. And I had like this five, 10 year vision of where it's going to end up. So I do know that there are people that are very planned in terms of every single step that they take. I like to have some surprises too. And I think it's nice. One thing is clear to me is that I did pick product marketing specifically and not demand gen or marketing communication or field marketing. You know, there's so many disciplines today in marketing and you can actually experiment a lot. But I knew that I wanted to go sort of wide and deep in PMM and that's been my focus. So I definitely have that point of view that maybe you can start as a generalist, but at some point makes sense to really pick a lane and just go all in on that. Later on in your career, you can go in a lot of different directions, right? Certainly if you want to be in leadership positions, but to begin with, this has been at least my strategy. I knew that this was what I'd like to do. And then I just pursued a lot of opportunities that allowed me to grow, either being able to look at PMM in a more horizontal way, or at some point in my career, be able to have more management, sort of people management opportunities. And so that is sort of things that I've, the vectors that I've pursued to help me grow. Well, thank you so much for your experience and your sharing today. I think it's been so valuable for our listeners. One last question for you. How can people connect with you? Best way to connect with me is, is over LinkedIn. I have discovered this platform in a more meaningful way, I would say over the last year. So started to be a lot more active, the type of content that I share, the content that I consume, the way that I participate in conversations with other people. So it's the best way to connect uh, because I spend time on that platform and I look forward to connecting with, again, whoever feels like they need advice. Again, I don't have all the time in the world, but I really do appreciate the fact that uh, I rely on other folks and I want to be able to give that back as well. That's beautiful, Hila. Well, thank you again. Really valuable insights and advice today for all of our listeners. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Oh, thanks for having me, Mary. Our pleasure. Now a word from our partners at Clue. Salespeople want short, digestible insights. They don't want 17-page decks that are scattered across the web and who knows where. 
Clue makes it easy to create and deliver battle cards. In a pinch, sales teams can find them easily with all the insights they need on how to handle their competitors while working a deal. And with Clue, it's not just sales teams who want battle cards. The product team, customer success, and marketing, they all compete too. Now, everyone can compete to win. For any of you wondering how to put together a competitive enablement program or build battle cards that your sales team will love, head on over to clue.com slash Mary. That's K-L-U-E.com slash Mary and tell them that I sent you. That wraps our fourth episode of Women in Product Marketing. Be sure to subscribe and share Women in Product Marketing with someone you think will love it. Evelyn Watts is our guest next week. She is the Director of Product Marketing at RVEZ and the former Head of Product Marketing at Shopify. We talk about product strategy, product training, field marketing, the works. You won't want to miss it. Thank you for all of your support and catch you next week.